ready to go? That's recording. Got her on. Shut the door. Yeah. It's dusty. Just a little dusty. We gotta fix that. Man, that was so dusty. I thought it was just discolored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets dusty in here. I got a missed call from a very strange place that I don't recognize. What's the three seven three national phone code? I don't know. Let's find out. Bad credit, so I just don't even concern myself with that. Three seventy three country code. Moldova? Who's calling me from Moldova? I don't know anybody in Moldova. Me neither. Very strange. Romania's little cousin there, right on the coast, and allowed <laughs> access to the uh, Black Sea. Fascinating. Just a little sliver. I think that's in a uh, Seinfeld joke. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's the one where uh, he can't remember her name. Uh-huh. She's like, it rhymes with a female body part. Oh. And, and then she calls him out on it, and he's like, Moldova? <laughs> I remember that episode, like in the vague way that I remember the, all those episodes, you know. And then he yells out the window when she's left, you know, when she's gone. Yeah. Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> you know, looking at this map, it seems to me that Moldova actually is not, does not have access to the Black Sea. Right next to Odessa, so wow, that's not that's not cool. No idea. Anyway, there's a whole lot to do going on over there anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today at all. Hey, it's the String Theory Podcast. We're back at you again. I'm John. That's Chris. What is up? Yep. Yeah, man. Okay, so... So I don't know anything about them, really, other than the fact that, uh, I'm assuming we're just going to start with this. Since you Let's start with the first one here. So we did something new. You know, I like the splitting them up. You know, I think we should just do another intro for the other one. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we decided to do some, try something new. Let's use the incredibly... It's a, well, it's an old idea. Yeah, it's an old idea. Just one listen, though. One listen. It's, uh, let's just call it First Impressions, because it's an unoriginal name. Cue the theme song. Bang. Okay, so... We each gave each other an album to listen to. It's a snapshot, if you will. Just kind of. So we each gave each other an album. Uh, not ne- and we picked albums that aren't necessarily like this is an album that I enjoyed. It's I've listened to it. It's not necessarily something an album that I listen to. Yeah, a bunch I of only, times. I only listened to this once. Yes, I only listened. It was to about th- six weeks ago. This and album then works. actually no once and a half because I just listened to twenty five more minutes of it. Okay, great. So the band <clears> we're talking about is Deaf Heaven. Which I hadn't heard of. Uh-huh. Post-metal. Post-metal. That's horseshit. Yeah, all these weird terms. Post. You, you know, you can't just put post on something. Metal's not over, okay? You know what I'm saying? That one being that this is beyond metal, and uh, that's horseshit. I'd call. I'd say post-punk is probably the most, uh, the one that raises my hackles a little bit less. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, um, it's certainly interesting, and that's that was my original takeaway. It was like, there's nothing to hang your hat on. You know, there's no uh, catchy melodies, you know. No, there's not. But um, certainly interesting. So the album that uh, Chris gave to me was uh, 
2013 album by Def Heaven called Sunbather. This is a band that has combined elements of black metal, shoegaze, um, and yeah, I don't like the word po- I don't like post rock or post metal. Someone, <clears throat> someone says here in the comments, black metal with a bit of sunshine. I guess so, because there are elements. It is black metal in many many parts, but there are some elements. Yeah, there's some hard rock elements. There's definitely shoegazy. It's more shoegazy or Deftones, maybe. Yes. And um, I hate to say Between the Buried and Me because I, I really think that they're drastically different, but I, they have some parts that are like this. Well, it's, Do you know what I'm saying? It's interesting you mention that because they actually toured with Between mm-hmm. the Buried and Me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I did know that, actually. Uh, so... The genesis of the idea of this is that I have so many records that I need to listen to. Mm-hmm. When you're into metal, it's such a um, there's shit coming out all the time. You, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just all the time, and this isn't my particular style. I'm there's no chug, right? You know the you know that meme. You have no chill. Yeah, you have no chug. <laughs> they have no chug. There's a so, t-shirt right there. Yes. Uh, let's uh, see. <clears throat> okay, we got to make that shit before this comes out. Right. We might have to, you know, back back. Um, what is it? back catalog? Put it in the can, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we might need uh, three weeks on this one. Uh, that that is a shirt. Yeah, it is uh, for sure. <laughs> so, well, I, I am a fan of the shoegaze bands from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, Valentine. It and the ilk. it's certainly you know what. I think it's really about half and half if you mixed it. It's really, it's uh, black metal and my bloody Valentine. Like yeah, and but he never he never uh, he never sings actually. Right. So that's what's interesting too, is that you like enjoyed an album with no actual singing. Yeah. So then there's a specific reason for that. Uh-huh. So what's one little fact though that I like about this too is. Uh, the name Deaf Heaven is kind of a tribute, a kind of in a roundabout way to the band Slow Dive, mm-hmm. which made some great shoegazy stuff in the 90s. And I think they're actually made a new record around this year, last year. So Maybe that could be a first yeah. impression. So like in a lot of the, that shoegaze kind of stuff I like, mm-hmm. the vocals are down in the mix and they're near unintelligible. Yeah. Like it's yeah, just it, another it, instrument. It, yeah, it definitely does. It, yeah, I was actually going to... Okay. Which I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah it, it, it becomes more instrumental. Like, lyrics, I have no fucking clue. Who yeah. cares? It, it's un. doesn't it, matter. It, it, they're notes. It's just part of the whole uh, soundscape that they're creating. It's almost like uh, watercolor painting. Everything, yeah, everything kind of impressionism. Yeah, no detail. Yeah, it, everything just kind of like mm-hmm. fades into everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Yeah, the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I kind of like it now, don't. But if they had a show that was like 20 bucks, I'd fucking go. Yeah. I think this music is go see it live music, you know? Yes. But it doesn't get stuck in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was just before this listening to Mastodon, I've got a, that song Oblivion just stuck in my head. Like, I can just hear it, you know? Yeah. This, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. You know? <clears throat> and I was saying earlier, I was like, oh, one part, no one part is important. 
And then, and then I was like, I kind of backtracked it. I walked it back. I was like, oh, well, this part is actually way different, you know? Yeah. Because it had been a little while since I'd listened to it. Um, well, only about maybe six weeks, but I listened to so much stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like they do some stuff that I, I see why a lot of people that are really into black metal wouldn't like them. Mm-hmm. But I, it's hard to... I mean, you can shit on them if you're really that way, but you, you can easily see, you know, they're, they're, it's something different, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe they're just taking two genres and putting them together, and that's been a thing since the late 90s or early 90s yeah, or whatever. just the constant hybridization of everything. Yeah. Right, but these two styles hadn't, I think, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, there's maybe someone out there that's like, no, so-and-so did it five years before. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, this is why I knew it was a controversial album, and I'd just been slacking on listening and to it for is, years. I think this is why I like it, too, mm-hmm. is because of that that clear distinction that they're, they're adding things. I was curious about this, but now I've found out. It looks like that they do use the glide guitar technique made popular by Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine. Using a uh, whammy, bar whammy bar as you're strumming, you're pu- pushing uh, it up and down, right. and it creates this very strange flutter effect that is kind of a little disorienting. Uh-huh. And it also says that they used a Gretsch uh, 6117 for the clean parts, which makes total sense because those clean parts are really chimey and sound very Gretsch-esque. You know what the thing is? is there's a real warmth to the record. There is. Um, and I think that comes with just this unbelievable amount of wall of distorted guitars just yeah i guess that is yeah 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 because i was even gonna say in the other one well i fucked up yeah so to describe to describe the first track of this record my first impression it's kind of two sections that they kind of paste together it's called dream house so the first section is basically it's like the kind of manic uh you of course you can't understand the lyrics are screamed and they're low in the mix but it kind of has the energy of a pack of wild dogs ripping a herd of sheep in half like that's really how it is and then it goes to another section i mean that's brutal that's pretty metal comparison it is I guess. but it goes into another section i was thinking this as i was driving here to come do the podcast the second section is slow and grinding and here's what it, it the image in my head it, it evokes is a lovecraftian horror sleeps deep below the ocean's surface. Okay. It is older than time and awaits to be reborn to rend the world into pieces. That's what a lot of this slower section sounds like. That's just me. That was fucking poetic, man. <laughs> I'm just driving. I'm driving, man. Listen to the, to the record. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Hold on. Go back up there. Ribbon... Ribbon microphones. I'm not sure what ribbon microphones are. Microphones, I think, are the older style of microphones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bi-directional mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ribbon, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's bi-directional. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I see what they're saying. That's where the, so the dense, density comes from. Is that it's the same shit, but on the other side of it. Yeah. It's just kind of stacking up tracks. Or... Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stacking up tracks live. Okay, yeah, the voltage I, voltage output is a little bit lower. So, yeah, you actually have to increase the output impedance to a ribbon microphone to get them. Uh, 
as a the Up advantages has has a much high. We'll, we'll go back. Had a higher natural resonant frequencies than and diaphragms than existing. Okay, so they're. Oh, okay. So when it came out, it's just saying they're a little it, bit. It's just no. It's just saying when it came out, it sort of was more. Uh, it was picking up stuff that other microphones weren't picking up. Is what it's saying. Smoother on the top end, it sounds like too. So okay, that's cool. That's for spacier sections of the album's recording. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyways, moving along. There's an instrumental track. I think the second track. Let me go back up there. Um. Oh, echo chamber, echo stuff. chamber re- reverberation sounds pretty, uh, treatment. Sounds pretty uh, accurate. Because, okay. yeah. I don't know what echo chamber reverberation during the mixing process is. Added added a bunch of uh, echo mm-hmm. to it. Okay, so let's see. The first interlude is called Inch Irresistible. And it actually has some piano in it. Mm-hmm. Which I was just like, oh, cool. Oh, that one comment, too, was funny. <laughs> yeah, major scales. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, this album. <laughs> some, hits, of them are, some of them are, are really pretty this, great. <laughs> this album pissed a lot of black metal fans off just because it's a little bit smoother sounding of a record. It's some more, like I said, hard rock impl- uh, influences. Black metal with a little bit of sunshine. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the sun's just kind of poking it through. So it says, so basically a metal version of Sigaros. Yeah, that's <laughs> some of them are just some of them are really are some of them are just really like you know. But I actually kind of find like stupid humor kind of funny. Like one of them was like, "This isn't dubstep." Just you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do find like really dumb. Humor. <laughs> yeah, what's cool? Another fun thing about this record is it also contains uh, spoke some spoken uh, tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Please remember has. Uh, a passage from uh, Milan Kundera's The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Which, hey, if you haven't read that, go read it. You might like I it. don't think I have. I've read that in Immortality. Good stuff. The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Mm-hmm. That sounds like one of those movies, uh, what's the dude, Charlie Kaufman? Oh, yeah, it does. It, <laughs> that sounds like one of his titles. I think uh, I might have read that. This hit was reading him right about the time I really liked those kind of Charlie Kaufman movies, so... <laughs> maybe it's a uh, maybe it's just this phase that you have to go through. So, cool. I do like the uh, artwork. I, you know, Vox has that series, uh, the Earworm series, mm-hmm. and one of them was actually uh, all about the Blue Note Records uh, design. Oh, well, the design of the blue. Oh, okay, cool. You know, we've done so many podcasts at this point. I think I've actually talked about that. You might have. I think I have. But anyway, it does have a very graphic design. Um, I really like it. Orangish pink, you know, very um, stylized kind of letters. Anyway, to me, it's that, like that, shadow. That, yeah, yeah. And, it's kind of like a pink to pink gradient. Mm-hmm. It's cool. 
Yeah. I can really dig it, man. Anyway, in that thing, that's that's what that... It's just the Blue Note albums, and towards the end, they get more and more about typography and that kind of stuff. Nice. Anyways, I was quite Met impressed with this. Met with widespread critical acclaim. See, the, 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 I think this is where it comes from, too. Not only was, you know... The, the reason some people don't like it is because a lot of people did. Right. And I think... I. You know, I could be just pulling stuff out of my ass, but I, I might be thinking that this kind of turned on some younger kids to this kind of music. Yeah, maybe not so some people I think that's are, a positive. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all of a sudden they uh, they do something kind of a little off their, what their fans mm-hmm. might ex- be expecting them to do. And, uh, you know... And this is six years ago, so, you know, th- this kind of thing when, like, someone does something different, you know... It can kind of make a lasting impression just because yeah. you have that marker in time. It was like, oh, here's a way different album mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like any, you know. Right. It yes, certainly indeed. doesn't sound like a black metal album so, normally. Uh, the Insufferable Pedants that uh, review music for for the internet gave it really great reviews. Pitchfork gave it an 8.9. Got an A from the AV Club. Four and a half stars from Consequence. Uh, let's see, nines out of tens, kind of going along uh, the board. Rolling Stone gave it three out of five because it's not a Bob Dylan album. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, this album was really, really well received. Kerrang would be my uh, go-to. Go-to for, okay. Yeah, they do metal. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course <laughs> they do. I uh, tend to suffer pitchfork uh, <laughs> a little bit. I guess. Uh a lot of times it's like, okay, you're you're just using, uh, reviewing an album to kind of uh, be pedantic. Some of the, I don't, we talked about this a little bit before, but I don't think people really give a shit about reviews anymore. I, I think it's more the, the people's reviews now, yeah. you know, because everyone has a voice now because of social media and, and um, you know. Agreed. It is a little bit of a hate read for me sometimes when I go through new reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it, to me it's just kind of uh, just just kind of fluff. You know, Rolling Stone has like all these interviews early on about just saying, "Oh, Led Zeppelin is terrible." Yeah, the Beatles are terrible, and like, and and some of these you can just go back. Like, I listened to well, it was uh, I listened to another podcast, uh, the Kelly okay. Show. And, he had that as a topic, but I just thought it was it was so funny hearing someone trash Jimi Hendrix. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, when what? some of these big albums came out, you know, you, you know, they, it's didn't funny. Always, they didn't always know. Yeah, like, it's funny, too, because I think... And all these tastemakers, you know, like, they're proven wrong a lot of times, you know what I mean? I do believe like, it's happening. You never know what's going to last the test of time until it lasts the test of time. Exactly. I think, uh, actually, Pitchfork has had to re-review albums because they just totally missed the boat. Anyways, so they didn't kind of, this kind of like saving face. Do over. Yeah, saving <laughs> face. We're wrong. So, anyways. They get someone of, else to do it. Speaking you know? of Pitchfork, uh, it their kind of pedantic reviews has led to one of the greatest tweets of all time. And I'm going to read it to you uh, right now. Okay. Uh, Pitchfork. (laughs) King Pussy Eater revolutionizes our perception of bodies and spaces with his hit single, Goop on Your Grinch. (laughs) 
Seven point six out of ten. I love that tweet. And <laughs> you also spelled pussy with uh, dollar signs. Dollar signs. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is one of those tweets that like has wormed its way in my brain, and it can't stop. Uh, it just, it just won't stop. The next, <laughs> no, I know. Uh, one of the best tweets ever. It is uh, kind of a second place or third place, I say, behind the uh, Nixon talking to astronauts on space in space. Please look it up. You will not be able to stop laughing. So yeah, this made a bunch of best albums lists as well. But yeah, clocking in at just under an hour. But man, I was quite impressed by this record. And you know what? I think the goal for this particular subject that we're doing, where we give I each other records, three people in the band? yeah, it initially started as just oh. a duo. Just I think it's fascinating. Oh, let's see, um, went through a couple of different lineups. Obviously, they've got. <clears throat> Hold on. Obviously, they've got a live. They do. Somebody's. He's not playing guitar and bass at the same time. That'd be amazing. I mean, you could do it with loops. It's true. But I don't know. I mean, hell, you know, these days it's also big to get on with just X effects and just run all the. Run all the stuff extra through it. Tracks, yeah. Okay, so I think the ultimate goal of this particular subject that we do, or we do first impressions is mm-hmm. the let's do to the final verdict where we decide, we say, would I listen to this record again? And I have to say from my perspective, yes, absolutely. When I'm in the mood for get shoegaze, when I'm in the mood for black metal, mm-hmm. this is the, this is the, the, uh, the place that I go to to get it. This is great. I really like this album. That's cool, man. You know, it's like, uh, it's kind of good that, you, yeah, it's good you like it. I would say maybe. Maybe? I would say I'd, if, if, especially if they were playing with another band that I like, I'd, I'd fucking make sure I was there to see them. Okay. Um, I would go, if it was like a conveniently cheap Saturday night, I would go see them. Okay. Um, I think... It's not my main go-to, but I'm really glad I listened to it. I think it was very interesting. And nice. I, I, I certainly wouldn't be like against listening to it, but it might not pop up my, okay. for a while. Who knows? Who knows, man? You know, I never know what I... Uh, hell, I listen to some of the stuff, and I'm just like, I never thought I'd be listening to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't ordinarily... You know, I thought and... this was their first one, mm. but... um. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah, so it Rose looks to like... Judah, yeah, 2011. Yeah, so it looks like, for me, the I wouldn't ordinarily oh, listen to a black too. metal record. But. Yeah, that that's what's fascinating, too, is that, uh, like, you know, Just maybe you'll start to like some black metal. But yeah, my love of shoegaze definitely uh, mm-hmm. brought me in with these guys, so... Cool. So, all right. So I wonder who, who else they've owned. I mean, surely by now they've done some headlines. Uh, they were saying yeah, in the first couple of tours, they've done a lot of festivals, it seems. Okay. Uh, let's see. A lot, lot of festivals. Uh, South by Southwest. They played Fun, Fun, Fun in Austin, which I have heard of. Fun, Fun, Fun. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, they, they toured with... They with, uh, Between the Bear and Me, Intranaut. Uh, you know, in, that band's pretty interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Have you heard them? No, I haven't. Intranaut. You might like him. I like them. Okay. 
Alright, man. So that about wraps it up for Deaf Heaven's album, Sunbather 2013. Check it out.